Smash cut. Smash cut. A technique in film where one scene abruptly cuts to another without transition. Much like a typical conversation with me and my friends when discussing film, television, music, video games, or anything else that happens to come up. This is the idea behind the show, Smash Cuts. Hello, welcome to Smash Cuts. I'm Rich Caban, and with me is Jacqueline Kemick. Hello. And this is Smash Cuts, the Civil War edition. <laughs> Which I know there's there's been tons of things that uh, I know you you've seen a lot, and I know I saw another movie here and there. But um, yeah, since last we spoke, just kind of like what we predicted, uh, Civil War came out and uh, did a lot of box office and <laughs> <laughs> did a lot of bo. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, did a lot of bo. Which well, I think about that Civil War. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is weird that the rest of the world got to see it before us. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, it was like we were the last on the. I think us and then China, right, or something like that. I don't know. I didn't really look, but yeah, it is. It is pretty funny how that how that works out. But I don't mind. Whatever. I'm still yeah. excited. Oh yeah. I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a sore loser. No, no. And uh, having to wait a little bit. Yeah, I, I, it's funny to to you know. I'll just say it's funny starting the process of seeing this film, knowing all the amount of characters that are going to be in it, um, knowing that every every all of the twelve films were not really leading up to this, but in a weird way were. Because, yeah, because it's all character development leading yeah. up to this. Mm-hmm. And it's like usually it's an Avengers movie that's supposed to be the big tentpole right. movie. It's not usually the right. little. You know, these are supposed to be like the side stories. And this is not like you know the big uh, main mm-hmm. story, but. I, you know, I have to say, after after seeing it the one time and then just really thinking about it, I think this is my favorite Marvel movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what a lot of people are saying, and I, I can see why. I mean, I really think that the Captain America films, the first one was good, and I was excited about it, but I didn't, like, fall in love with it. Yeah. Um, the second one kind of blew everybody away, I think. Uh, yeah. Winter Soldier was just kind of like, where did this come from? What is this? Yeah, this it was a political a thriller. Yeah, it was like, it just wasn't a comic movie. It was a movie. Right, right, right. And I think this kind of um, brought everything back in, again, kind of uh, furthering the story of the Winter Soldier, but incorporating everybody else. And by that time, you're so invested. What I thought was very interesting is that uh, Captain America is a very popular um, comic book character, no doubt. Mm. But it just happens to be in the circle of people that I know. Um, A lot of my friends are like, eh, I didn't watch the Captain America movies because I kind of didn't really like him that much or maybe they watched the first one and weren't really taken with it so they didn't go back to Winter Soldier and kind of watch this without seeing those previous um previous films, or at least without seeing Winter Soldier. And I'm just kind of like, what are you talking about? That was so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that I thought was really interesting that he's the one, and again, I'm sure it's just my circle of people that I happen to know, and I, I don't even know how this happened, but people are like, oh, it's Captain America, he's all right, but, you know, whatever. Iron Man is the more charismatic of the two, I think, for, like, a, a broader general audience. And How are they with Thor? Like, do they like the Thor movies, or are they just kind of... 
indifferent? Yes and no. Um, and again, and this is all personal taste for these people, and they're very different individuals. So, I mean, I'm sure that's the same way with everybody. Like, some, some people really like the magic stuff, but some yeah. people didn't really like the Earth stuff. And, you know, kind of same thing with Green Lantern, right? Where <laughs> I liked all the stuff off-world, but everything on the planet was not so great. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not too worried about other people's opinions, but I just I thought that was interesting that he's kind of the least liked of the Avengers in the circle of people. But I feel like he has the strongest movies, yeah. and I love him. Like I didn't grow up reading a whole bunch of him, like, um, but I did read some Avengers, and obviously he was uh, appearing in some other things I was reading as well. But um, I never maybe really because he went... doesn't have a dark side, you know? He, yeah, he... and I think that's it. I never really went for like the boy in blue kind of stuff, like with Superman, right? Yeah. So that's very attractive to some people and and maybe less so to others. So I think it's interesting that his his movies and his storylines are so dark and so solid and the writing is so good. The character development is so good. I mean, I really I love these movies. I can't tell you. Yeah. Um, no, these guys, so the, the Russo brother. I mean, because the first movie Joe Johnson directed, and I, I forgot who. I, I know Josh Whedon kind of went in on it and started writing things mm-hmm. on, on the first one, but the first one was was kind of uh, a work in progress. Where the second one, right. you could feel these guys kind of came in and really plotted it out, and that's that's where this one picks up too. This is such mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, every every character in this movie gets to sh- uh, shine in a way like they've never shined in their own movies or separate. Mm-hmm. Movies, um, and and there's so many characters in here, but you still, I still didn't feel like anybody was shortchanged. Right, and they were adding more characters. I mean, the addition of Spider-Man and Black Panther. Yeah, you know, they didn't feel uh, too shoehorned in. You know, yeah. um, I thought I we saw Spider-Man's cameo in the trailer that that one yeah. trailer. I thought that yeah. was going to be it. I didn't expect there to be you know I as know, much. I know the um, the personal interaction between him and Tony and his apartment was a surprise you know yeah. I kind of thought that was going to just be all off screen and they were going to you know just kind of oh yeah <laughs> I went and called that kid you know yeah <laughs> yeah whatever. he just shows so, up yeah mm-hmm. it was very and it was very interesting you could tell that uh, I saw Robert Downey Jr. Well, I heard Robert Downey Jr. talking on Howard and um, he was just talking about the kid and how much he liked him and, and mm-hmm. you can you could tell that from the chemistry of the, the way yeah. that it played out and I think that him liking that actor and him liking the the storyline, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. just signed up for the Spider-Man movie without even thinking about it. You yeah. know, so that's that's, that's awesome. pretty exciting. Yeah, I think so. And I think the other thing that I think struck some people, um, and and I think that you had actually commented on this in an earlier podcast or maybe off air, but how if this were like the comics, you know, you would have a full screen of nothing but superheroes from yeah. as far as the eye can see, right? Whereas yeah. here, you still have a lot of heroes, but you have to juggle that. And like you said, like balancing the time in between all the characters so that you're actually invested in them. You can't have, you know, hundreds of heroes and still care about each of them in that short amount of time. So I think they did a really good job of distilling the essence down and making it relatable and giving everybody a voice that you you felt like you could connect with or understand. I mean, I really do feel like it's important to believe that each side thinks they're right for the best reasons yeah. you know i mean it's not one side of the avengers is going evil it's just one thought process you know about how to how to handle things versus another um 
I mm. personally do side with Team Cap on his ethics of the situation, yeah. um, but but I really get where Tony's coming from, especially because if you think about um, things, obviously like the Avengers movie where he's has to do what he has to do, you know, and mm-hmm. goes up into the other realm, other dimension, or whatever. But um, and I just I just want to say spoilers for anybody who, if you've never seen oh, any of the movies, turn off, <laughs> turn it off right now. You don't even listen to what we're talking but, about. So we're going to spoil even, everything. <laughs> even in Iron Man three, like that whole movie, I felt was like. Um, PTSD Iron Man and yeah. and not in a joking way at all I'm not making fun of that at all I think it was actually very necessary it's not my favorite Iron Man movie but as far as his character's struggle with dealing with what he did and what he saw and the enormity of it and the enormity of their place in this world yeah. I can absolutely understand why he feels the way that he feels and see that's um, what that's why I like those I, and I think that's why people sometimes think of the Side movies, it's the little movies, not the event mm-hmm. ones, because that's exactly what these side comics would be used for. You know, mm-hmm. you'd have a big event like what happened, and then you'd have, how does Iron Man deal with it? Well, it's not going right. to happen in the pages of the the event. It's going to happen in the you know the Iron in Man the, solo yeah, solo story. Yeah. So that's why it's such a surprise that they that they did this with uh, with Captain America. But I'm I'm glad they did though because uh, Captain America is the only one that really has dealt with the government as much Mm-hmm. Even more than the Avengers. Uh, well, and I think they movies. also were trying to save all the Infinity War stuff for the Avengers movies, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean this way they can, they can, yeah, they can really delve into two huge storylines without muddying the water too much. Yeah, and they and they could focus it, you know, the, it, focus it on one character. And I, and I want to say it's Civil War is this isn't it's not exactly an adaptation of the comic because the comic is is. Uh, the themes are there and the idea is mm-hmm. there. It's just if you were to turn to page one of the comic, you know, you're already you, you'd notice some major differences. And you notice, you know, one of the things uh, in the in the comic book is that what's her, uh, Kim, I just blanked on her character, the uh, agent, the shield agent who agent now works with Tony. Uh, no, the one who works with Tony now. Um, oh, right. What's, um, I forget her name. Kobe Smolder. Uh, yes. Smolder. Yeah. yeah, I can't uh, think of no, her I name, but she's, her name she's yeah, I don't know why I've blanked on her character name, but but she right in the comic, you know, she's she's the she's the one that says, you know, Tony, uh, Captain, you're under arrest. You know, she's the mm-hmm. one that's very for this uh, act, like Tony, and but she's still part of Shield. And mm-hmm. then there's just other characters that are that are just in the story and it affects more um it's not the i forgot what they called it in this movie the sokovia yeah the sokovia accords yeah like it's it's not that it's more it's also more about registering but also uh giving away your identity like like that's the one thing they never really talk about in the movie is that when you when you're registering you're essentially Yes, the government is knowing, but in the comic book, they're saying no. Your your identity is going to be known to everybody. You're public, right? Now. Yeah, and they did make that distinction in the the TV show, and I they earned the TV show in the movie, and I think that was another way for them to try and soften that side a little mm-hmm. bit, and not make it sound so uh, jarringly, you know, uh, concerning. But yeah, what was it called like the Mutant Registration Act? Yeah, or, mu- yeah, or something. I, that might have been from the X Men. Well, yeah, that was X Men. 
it, no, it was, uh, I forgot what it was called now. I think um, it was, uh, you know what, I've, I've blanked on it now. Yeah, I'm combining the X-Men one, because it's the same basic idea. Yeah, but, um, but they were affected, too, because mm-hmm. there's a whole, I mean, that was the other thing in the comics is, you know, it was Civil War was the main series. Then mm-hmm. you had Civil War Spider-Man, Civil War X-Men, mm-hmm. so, you know, so they all had all these sub-series that they right. would get into. Um, Spider-Man's in the comic was the most uh, damaging for him because he literally goes on television right. and reveals he's Peter Parker, right. um, and he's he's working with Tony, you know, and he's mm-hmm. he's for it. And I like that they, again, it's like they're taking themes, they're taking like aspects and they're making adjustments. And also because you don't, you only really do have a handful of characters right now, you know, you right. know in the movie, as much as we we feel like we have a lot of heroes. I was surprised that they actually were able to add those two in and have it seem so um, complete. And mm-hmm. like I said, not shoehorned. It, re- it really did seem like a nice, um, smooth ride. And talk about a smooth ride. What's up, Black Panther? Yeah, he was oh good. Oh, my God, rolling with the quiet storm. I am all about it. <laughs> He's amazing, and I cannot wait for his standalone movie, um, and I cannot wait to see Wakanda, and I'm super, super stoked, and I would love it if some Aurora Monroe action (laughs) could be folded in there. I don't know. Some deals (laughs) can be made. Yeah, if X-Men can kind of just lend Storm, that would be amazing. If we could maybe get someone other than Halle Berry, if we could get... Well, they've got the new Storm now, you know that. Angela. Bassett though, yeah. Angela Bassett though, <laughs> yeah. to come down, have a little romance. Oh my God, I'd be so excited. <laughs> yeah, so excited. I, well, I did see the. I saw a clip from. Uh, where did I see Storm talking? It was some dumb commercial for something, but it was Nightcrawler oh, yeah. and Storm. I saw that too. Eminem yeah. commercial. <laughs> yeah, it was some. Yeah, and and uh, so they gave her back her accent. So I don't know how they. You know, that's supposed to be a young Halle Berry if you go by the movie continuity, mm-hmm. but I don't know how they... Yeah, but even they don't go by the movie continuity anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fine. I know. We Yeah, Jen and I had this long discussion, or I don't know if it was a discussion or argument about Wolverine's timeline in, uh, <laughs> in, in the last <laughs> movie and then how it affects it now and what everything. Yeah, it was very convoluted. Um, yeah. well, speaking of Jen, that, that and that's... She, for me, has always been the barometer with these movies because she mm-hmm. likes superhero movies but she's not a, a fan so to speak of, mm-hmm. of comic characters and Captain America has always been the one that she gravitated towards like right from his first movie I think because she likes the heart of the character and, and that's one mm-hmm. thing that they've always figured out a way to play so she fell in love with the, the, the second movie she loved but this one she thought or as well this was the greatest uh, superhero movie she's ever mm-hmm. seen like she just loved every aspect of what they did with him and you're emotionally invested at this point you know not only have they developed over several movies but again you've kind of gone on this journey with them and I think um, the other real connector that um, that is being pointed out is the repercussions of having these hero events, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the they talk about all of the destru- destruction and in Sokovia and in New York and um, and and where they started the movie, you know. I forget where was that. Oh, in uh, uh, same place. No. Was that? Was that? Yeah, <laughs> where? I forget where it was. But, that, oh, yeah. but it, they, I mean, that was the catalyst for the movie too. You know, just going through the story, like, mm-hmm. you know, to, for, well, first of all, let me say, going through the going 
through the, the beginning of the movie. When the movie... I, I feel so stupid for not figuring out where this movie was going. You know, I, I usually feel... I pride myself in figuring things out. And they got me with everything. You know, every surprise. Mm-hmm. I was I didn't know what was happening. The, the first time we see... Uh, uh, the whole thing, t- it, it's taking place in what year was 1991 uh, when we first see the Winter Soldier kind of make that attack. Mm-hmm. Then um, we see Tony and he's young Tony, which I thought, you know, the visual effects. Job. Holy moly, that was like weird yeah. science, uh, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. right there. He did a great job. And uh, you see him say, see his parents for the last time. And after that... That's when they they really bring home what this movie's gonna be about. When uh, what's her name? Um, I just blanked on the actress's name. Uh, 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 she's been in so many movies. Grand Canyon. Um, she was in Star Trek. The 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 one with uh, the I forget. But uh, she sho- <laughs> she tells her she shows a picture of her son and basically says, "You killed my son, oh, to Tony, yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm. because he was." there not he wasn't part of the fight he wasn't right. any, he was just a regular civilian right and to me that was such a that was such a great way to do it rather than have it be even though they then do have the big fight and that's where you know uh, captain america gets involved and they they come down on him but that being the catalyst for why tony decides he has to do something mm-hmm. i i just thought that was such a small way of doing it that i just yeah. thought that was brilliant it was beautiful yeah and I, again i think one of the things that um people have always been talking about with the superman films you know is that there's all this destruction and you know where where's the aftermath where's the caring and and they did try and address that in um dawn of justice mm-hmm. but even that you know most of that movie they were blowing up cities too. yeah yeah. You know, it's not really quite the same. But um. and and let's and here you have two movies that, in essence, uh, again, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen either of these. I don't know why you're still listening. Um, but it, uh, in essence, you have you have two movies where the big reveal at the end has to do with mothers. You know what I mean? I one, know. one one in a one a stupid one that both happen to have the same mother's name, and then the so most funny. brilliant twist, which I didn't see coming mm-hmm. at all, was the fact that the Winter Soldier killed uh, Tony's parents. Yeah, and especially I didn't his see that mom. Either. And I again, I should have totally figured that out. Yeah, that was not super sneaky, but I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for it. I feel like they tricked us because they showed us something that they said we should remember, but then they did a magic trick and made me, you know, and I looked over to the other thing and got distracted. That well, I well, you were notice. thinking it was more important about the the blue blood packs or whatever, which mm-hmm. to me looked like what the 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 Cree blood, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which they didn't really address too much in the movie, so I think that's kind of one of the threads in the Infinity War um, that we'll see come into play, or Secret Wars. You know, it didn't yeah. really say something. They, they did make a reference to, like, sometimes you have to have secret soldiers or yes. wars or must be fought in secret or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You, know? <laughs> you said something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it, but it was just such a smart thing because, you know, you know that when you watch the trailer, you know at some point you have a mental checklist of what you're going to see. So when I'm watching the movie and I see Tony and Captain America and, and then Winter Soldier now working together, I'm like, oh, that's cool and all, 
but I know there's still another fight coming, so what triggers that? Right, right. And automatically right. I thought, well, I guess maybe he's going to read the words again, you know, the bad guy. Right. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. But meanwhile, to make that the catalyst, and then to make it worse, to have Captain America know, and yeah. we don't know how he knows or how but long he's know known, that. Right, right. you know, which makes it worse, you know? I know. So I could see why Tony felt completely betrayed he at the end. He must have known because he and uh, Falcon were doing all the the research trying to find Bucky, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's what they've been doing in between the movies. That's their goal. Yeah, and they probably tracked down. And mm. and that's the other thing, too. That So that other, the bad guy, he, we don't even understand what he's doing either. And it's uh, Baron Zemo. <laughs> Baron Zemo, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but again, when you get to the end, it's, it's, it's like, it's as confusing almost as what Lex Luthor was doing. The difference is the payoff makes sense. You right. Know, because you get to the end, and it turns out he's doing this because, you know, a very simple way. His family was there in Zakovia when the destruction happened. His family was killed, and this mm-hmm. is his revenge. And the only way to destroy them is to take them apart. Like that—that's such mm-hmm. a, a very. And a lot of people are complaining because Zemo is not the same as he is in the comics, or he doesn't wear a helmet, or whatever. Oh, wear his his uh, ski mask. Yeah, his ski mask. But I—I'll take this Zemo over, you know, some some guy walking around in a ski mask saying, "So Avengers," you I know. Think so too. And what I. What what I thought was interesting is that I I liked exactly what his role was as far as for the plot. I thought I thought that was important. But I have to admit, you almost kind of forget about him. Um, and it, mm-hmm. his, it his writing, like you didn't really have time to connect with him. And that's something that again they they brought they brought up before, yeah. where in the TV shows like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, you have more time to develop a villain so you can really connect with them. Whereas in the movies, especially when you have as many heroes as you do in Civil War, you really don't have that much time to allot to the villain to give them that kind of connection. So I felt like his... He was kind of forgettable, but his plan was so perfect, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I kind of almost forgot about the villain, you know, in yeah. most of the movie. But again, he is the one that was pulling the strings to make this all happen. So it was still, you know, well done. I kind of felt like they, you know, they set up crossbones and they got rid of him pretty quickly, right? Yeah, Because I was yeah. just thinking about that. You know, that was a villain that he came in as a regular guy that I didn't even see was going to be a villain, you know? Mm-hmm. And then then when he ended up being on, on in the last movie and uh, was more for Hydra, that's somebody that when he came back, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, as a villain. Mm-hmm. I just was surprised they killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you remember that? Oh, yeah, it's a throwback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a, it was Bye-bye. a good setup for him, you know, and I don't know why they would yeah. have gotten rid of him so fast, but. I don't know. So let's talk about some of the heroes we haven't talked about. What did you think about, let's say, Scarlet Witch and, Ven- and um, Vision? Oh. Venom. <laughs> oh, okay, Scar- yeah. So Scarlet Witch and Ven- uh, Vision—they got they got a lot more interaction with each other. I mm-hmm. I like her actually. I didn't know what I thought of her the first time around because mm-hmm. um, I didn't really feel like she did I thought anything. She was a strange choice, but I think yeah. she's really kind of growing into it. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't look like what I imagined Scarlet Witch to look like. You know, right. like right. I always think of someone more—I uh, don't know—almost like Wonder Woman, like somebody bigger. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's because she's kind of a uh, she kind of has a little girl quality to her, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's not really what I mm-hmm. thought. Um, 
but she's fine and i i like how they were connecting vision and her and i like the fact yeah. that he's kind of confused by his feelings because of how at the moment when he his aim should have been perfect right he was distracted, he was distracted by her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really liked their development. And uh, again, for anybody who doesn't read the comics, they actually have a relationship um, together. And I think it fits because mm -hmm. they're both so otherworldly for different reasons. Their powers are so um, overwhelmingly, you know, strong and... Yeah. Um, unique to to their situation and the way they view the world is different than other people because of their experiences and because of their powers. So I really do like their connection and I like that they're on opposing sides too. I mean, that was the nice thing about mm -hmm. um, about all of this is that you can see people that you know love each other um, as friends or, or whatever be on opposing sides and still trying to fight for what's right. And what's interesting, too, is they mention their connection, which is not a connection they have in the comics, but the, fo but the fact they were both created by the same oh, Infinity yeah. Stone. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. That is interesting because, again, in, in the comics, um, Scarlet Witch is a mutant, not, you know, not a creation. <laughs> yeah, and she's the daughter of Magneto, which mm -hmm. I see that X-Men's really embracing that with Quicksilver from the trailers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. That's funny. <laughs> they it in the first one, but as a as a joke, you know, not yeah. as a as a thing. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But um, okay. So how about who else? Uh, what about Scarlett um, Johansson and um, Hawkeye and Black Widow? How how did you like their interactions? They didn't really have a whole lot. Yeah. Kind of. They kind of kept it light, but normally they're the ones that are like teamed up, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hawkeye, I think, was appropriate because I everyone felt like he got his own show in the last movie. <laughs> you yeah. know, like like it was like one of those. You know, that's that scene always reminds me of when I see it in, at home is when they're setting up, uh, you know, like a sitcom in another sitcom, and you're mm -hmm. kind of watching the pilot <laughs> episode. You're waiting for the spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. So so he was fine I, I, for mm -hmm. what he did in this movie, and I also liked how they played off the interaction between the two them that you know he was holding back a little bit because mm -hmm. you know because they they are friends right. but uh scarlet Witch, she really she you know they they she's kind of the ambassador of the captain america films in a she weird really way. is you know and, and what's funny is that she kind of started you know in the iron man movies mm -hmm. as as her cameos and, and her appearances there and her development began and has kind of jumped ship over to captain america so that's that's yeah. interesting and it's interesting her again playing both sides seeing both sides um i like her more and more and again i she first of all she's just a beautiful actress and has a lot of yeah. talent i think um in the right situations i every time i see her in an interview i just am like who are you you're not at all what I, you know, yeah. but i'm really excited that apparently marvel has confirmed they're going to go ahead with a black widow solo movie so that's which that's, is pretty cool yeah yeah that's very very cool i'm excited about that um and then ant-man what'd you think i was so i was so tickled I yeah i love i love so ant-man you know I, I i really as much as i did like it when i saw it in the theaters like i've I, it's been on hbo now and i mm -hmm. mean stars and i you know every time it's on i just happen to watch it yeah even to the point where my son kind of has seen a little he's only two and he's seen a little bit of it and mm -hmm. he loves everything especially when he gets small 
all and that all of that interaction. Mm-hmm. Like he just loves that to the point where I had to, sh- you know, I found the clip online and I had to show him uh, the great, the greatest secret that they kept, uh, which I had no idea of. And unfortunately was ruined for you was that he was going to be giant man. Right. And oh, my God, when that happened, I didn't I, even when he said um, when he said, I've only tried this once. And let me see. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to do like, uh, you know, what what he did at the end of Ant-Man. I didn't think he was going to become I thought he was just going to go into the molecules again or something. Oh, God, no. Yeah, I didn't know what <laughs> he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when he became giant, I was that was uh, I yeah. was so that was the most exciting thing I'd ever seen. It was you know? so great. And I loved just how he interacted with everybody. I mean, Paul, who, who doesn't love Paul Rudd? I yeah. mean, it's just he's so likable. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, because um, yeah, I, I was wondering how he was going to be in, in, in yeah. a serious situation. You and know? it didn't feel forced you know mm-hmm. i mean it seemed like no, nobody wanted to be there fighting so but everybody also did have to be there so i mean i don't know i liked all of their interactions i felt it worked really well i loved the um you know uh peter parker's star wars reference on how to take him down yeah that was awesome <laughs> and everyone's you like know? what's he talking about and then yeah then they realize it and then they realize how smart yeah he he really peter parker really uh for for a franchise i wasn't excited about being rebooted for a third time mm-hmm. i it actually got me you know his little yeah. scene everything was like I'm ready to see what this version is And I'm glad that they addressed the oddly hot ant, you know, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. oddly hot old Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, they were in a um, movie together before the two of them. Um, uh, it was a, and I only saw it a million times because it was on HBO. Um, him and Sybil Shepherd, uh, chances are that's what it's called. Where it, Robert Downey Jr. It's one of those mind swapping movies. He goes into the, he's reincarnated version of Sybil Shepherd's dead husband. Oh my God, I love. <laughs> that movie yeah so he's... I know that movie. Well, he was also in only you with it with uh her where he goes to italy or she goes to italy and he kind of swindles her into loving him and oh, that's the stuff. movie i'm thinking of what was that yeah. oh what chances I'm are like, what? yeah because yeah, now that you say that, that other one no she i'm thinking somehow i mix marissa sorme up with uh the blonde girl short hair i can't even believe yeah, that's all right. how yeah, do i mix only yeah no, never mind just, never mind my those, chances are it's rant. one of those terrible movies that i love okay <laughs> okay it's so yeah. bad and i'm not really recommending it to anybody but i love it no i've <laughs> i've seen it so i i don't know how i confuse those two films but i love i love chances are too actually that's a great one yeah yeah yeah. those are all good all good movies but yeah so so uh but yeah ant may is pretty interesting choice so i guess we're just gonna it's just gonna start like it's not gonna be so i was thinking that with black panther too it's obviously not going to be uh uh, the origin the origin of him because he's already established and with black panther honestly um the whole thing about Black Panther is not that he's the first. Uh, there's, like, I guess, I don't know for how long, but Wakanda always has a Black Panther. Yeah. Right? Like, always has a protector. And he's this incarnation of the protector. And they might go into how that happened in flashbacks or different ways. Who knows? But but obviously, um, the father, his father wasn't Black Panther, right? Like, I don't really know much about Black well, Panther's history. Well, I don't history. know if his father maybe was when he was younger, but yeah. um, not... You know, I don't think his father was as he was older because I, I think <laughs> yeah. he even mentioned he's like, I I wore the mantle of the Black Panther and now I also wear another mantle of King. Because oh, of did that. he say so, that? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 
Well, the father um, was basically there. I'm going to die soon, but I just I want to give you my two cents. I was very upset. I get so emotional about these things. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. cry in real life at like <laughs> at things that normal people cry at, but any movie or TV show, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I've only known you for 20 seconds, but I really feel for you. <laughs> yeah, you've made an impact. Yeah, yeah. No, well, um, but I mean, the the other characters that we haven't really talked about are Falcon and War Machine. And I really like how they have defined themselves as very different um, characters because I think that, you know, Falcon being the buddy of Captain America and War Machine being the buddy of Iron Man can be a little, I don't know. Cheesy, I guess. Yeah. 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 But they pull it off. Like, Anthony Mackie is just I like you like their relationship even yes. from the first time they met when they yeah. were, you know, and I think it's just because he's such a likable actor. I've, he I haven't really seen is. him. Oh my god, I have such a crush on him. <laughs> yeah, I, there's nothing I haven't seen him in that I haven't thought he was. I saw him on Broadway with Christopher Walken, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was great in that too. I bet. So um, I bet. Now I have to admit, the War Machine Warhammer is probably my least favorite and I yeah. don't know why because Don Cheadle is an extremely talented actor but I don't connect with him quite as much as anybody else like I think the most likable um, moment for him was in uh, Age of Ultron where he was like trying to tell a yeah. funny story yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. at the party and was kind of like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they don't, they don't give him enough to do I, I think the things they give him to do are it, very yeah. bland because uh, you know I, I think it's still hard that he took over for, for um, Terrence Howard yeah because yeah, Terrence Howard was I, I loved Rhodey in that version um, yeah and he was so, you know, he has such a, a heart as an actor. Like, uh, oh. you see his heart on his sleeve. And I think Don Cheadle has that, but in a different way. Yeah, for and some so, reason, I actually like Don Cheadle as an actor more than I like Terrence Howard, even though yeah. I know he's also very talented. So that's why I'm surprised. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm still not connecting with Warhammer. It, it might be that he just... Current, what is he? Is he currently War Machine or Warhammer? I know it's like both, but I never was, know which one. <laughs> I, Iron Patriot for a while, too. I think he, I he took Patriot. that over. He's everything. Yeah. Well, I, I think the problem is, is is he stepped into into that role. Like, I, I, yeah. you know, I think if he... Maybe if he had started that role and he maybe. did that from the beginning, we wouldn't feel that maybe. way. But, but it, it's terrible. He's been, he's been War Machine more than Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard was never War machine he was just yeah roadie roadie mm-hmm. but somehow i still think of terrence howard when i see that's so funny yeah it's it's weird but that is funny and it's an interesting thing they did with that character at the i mean i i think that was in place of you know of uh you know the big spoiler was that everyone was expecting well not everybody anyone who knows the comic was expecting captain america to die at the right. end of the movie. But here's something that I think people keep forgetting is at the end of the Civil War comic, Captain America doesn't die. He's arrested. Right. And in his own comic book is where he dies. Mm-hmm. So the end of Civil War didn't actually have that happen. So to me, I don't think they're ever going to do it in the movie unless Chris Evans says I'm done. Um, yeah, but even then, I don't know if they have the heart to kill him. Yeah. Well, the, if they did, I mean, in the comics now, Falcon is the is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, and Bucky took up the shield for a while too, didn't he? Yeah, Bucky was immediately mm-hmm. after when he got shot. Uh, he 
Bucky took over. And that's the other thing is... is <laughs> Sorry, real quick. You know who also took over for a short time? Who's that? Punisher. <laughs> really? I did not know that until recently. I read it online, and he was also the only hero to have taken up uh, Captain America's shield and actually um, done like uh, his own version of the costume so it still had the skull oh and how funny and I think he ter- called himself like Captain Punisher or something like that so, when was that <laughs> oh, I gotta find I that I don't know I don't know but I, I just read it in an article and had they had the issues and everything logged. it's funny it's so you, crazy. you know the, because what happens in Civil War is when it, I mean it was a long comic you know it really mm-hmm. went for about a year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh Captain America kind of creates his own underground Avengers with Luke Cage and and uh, one of the people who's working with him is Punisher and he has a mm-hmm. real problem with Punisher because Punisher yeah. you know does things that he doesn't approve of but the the rub was at the you know is the fact that the Punisher I forget what happens when they get into a real fight and the Punisher is almost like crying when he's telling Captain America that he was Captain America was his hero and the fact yeah. that he's disappointed him so much you know. Uh, and not lived up to the person that you know, the values Captain America had. Like it's actually wounded uh, the Punisher. So that's yeah. why, in a way, I'm not surprised that he would have done that. Maybe when he when he died or, or at some mm-hmm. point. But that's pretty funny. I uh, I can't see them. You know, there was no way they were going to work in the Punisher, the the Daredevil one. Um, um, no, but it would just I be mean, too crazy. I, yeah. The they did confirm a spinoff though, didn't they? The for a Daredevil or for a Punisher TV show. Oh yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited about that. That is cool. Because I thought, man, again, that was so good, and we can talk about that all, all we want. But hey, it's yeah. all the same. Yeah, it's oh, all the same so, universe. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Marvel's really, really um, got a lot of bang for its buck. You know, I mean, we really are doing well. I'm, I'm very excited to see it continue to unfold. Um, I'm so happy that everybody seems to have kept their integrity during. Um, during everything and not let it go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> super crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I finally did finish Jessica Jones, and I so nice. I'm all caught up. I don't know why that one took me longer to get into. I mean, I liked it, mm-hmm. um, but for, there was something about it that just it. I didn't mind watching it slowly. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas with Daredevil, I needed to. You know, I need more. You know, it's like that that post you put. You know, uh, you got some more Daredevil, man. You know, like you're. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, you know. Dave Chappelle with his little <clears throat> yeah, drug addict character. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you guys got any more of them Daredevil episodes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was true because I couldn't get enough. I'm like, yeah, wow, this is ending, true. you know. It's so funny. So, but um, but yeah, I really I really dug Jessica Jones. Um, but I have to say again, her character was very compelling. Her side characters were very compelling, but she that villain Kilgrave was just yeah, he was great. So good, and people were talking, and and rightfully so, talking about how good a Vincent. D'Onofrio is as oh, Kingpin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you follow it up with David Tennant with as you know mm-hmm. uh, Kilgrave. Like man, they've they've got a high bar. <laughs> and they waited a long time to bring him in. I kept thinking, is, he, is this all he's going to do? Is just kind of yeah. make these little side appearances right, until you right. finally get the meat of his episodes. And and I remember mm-hmm. when I finally got to him, I was surprised that it was. I still had it was like a good four or five episodes left, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's the one thing with it. I kept feeling. 
going like, how long have I been watching this? Like, this feels mm-hmm. like it felt longer than 13 episodes and not in a bad yeah. way. Not like it was taking too yeah. long. It was just, it just felt very, there was a lot in it. You know, there was a lot yeah. of information. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. And speaking of TV shows though, I should, um, we would be remiss not to acknowledge that Marvel agents of shield obviously was gearing up for civil war. And actually, um, as we're recording this, they haven't even filmed or shown the season finale. Like they had civil war release and then they had scheduled two episodes after that so that they could kind of continue on. Um, and that's very interesting. And the Marvel agents of shield, are you, are you, I don't think you are, but are no, you? No, I'm, I'm like, yeah, no, but you can tell me anything from it. Cause I, I do read the spoilers. Okay. But, well, without, cause I'm without way behind, being, I'm like two years behind. So <laughs> without being too, you know, I'm into detail or anything like yeah. that. But honestly, that's the only reason that I had any reason to believe the um, the blue liquid in the trunk of uh, the Stark's car was Cree blood. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the TV show, they're kind of dealing with that, where um, they're trying to create inhumans. Um, and not not that S.H.I.E.L.D. is, but like, you know, characters in the show. Right. Um, and so they kind of need the Cree blood to do that. And that's interesting. So I'm curious to see where that's going and how they're going to start incorporating that into the next movies, too. Um, because it's not really, they didn't really acknowledge it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And but I know, now, so, again, but, did, the, but did they acknowledge Civil War in, it happened already in the series? Yes, because okay. they, um, right afterwards, they were talking about the Sokovia Accords and okay. um, the, I forget the name of the character, but the military character, the guy that was on Heroes, um, comes, Talbot, um, comes right away into uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and wants a list of, you know, all of their inhu- inhumans and yeah. uh, what their powers are and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely starting that way. Now, does anybody, if they ever addressed whether the Avengers know Coulson's live or not really? No, they haven't. And I think that was something that um, people kind of talked more about in the other movies. I, I think now they kind of don't think about it much anymore. But yeah. um, I think the the main consensus was that Coulson needed to stay dead for that death to have been as effective a unifier yeah. as it was for the team. So I think that um, both Nick Fury and Phil Coulson are kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, trying to lay low, even though Nick Fury, obviously some people still know he's alive because he showed up in, uh, in age of Ultron briefly. It's but, funny that his voice is so distinctive that, uh, Xavier recognized well, he, he's on that commercial mm-hmm. uh, for and he's like walking in some glass steel structure I don't even know what it is but he's he's it's a Capital One card commercial mm-hmm. and Xavier's like Nick Fury like he knows that that's <laughs> it's it's, so great. yeah he's not even in costume and he knows that that's Nick Fury yeah that's awesome but um cool. yeah I, I'm glad he set this one out because he would have he wouldn't have helped the situation much like in the real right. comic he sat it out so mm-hmm. you know he's 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 more dealing with what's coming he doesn't really care about all this nonsense that these right he doesn't want. care about politics he cares about world security yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah you know yeah. and speaking of that world building you know not to get away from marvel but um so i don't know if you heard supergirl 
is it's not canceled, but it's moving to the CW. Yes, I did see that. So I I would and I know the budget and all that's going to go down. You know, I, I, it was always a dumb move to have it on CBS to begin with, but um, I I think it'll be a good thing to mix it in a little more with with the show. I don't know how up to date you are with Flash or if mm-hmm. you've um the last episode was a really was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you saw who the director was on that one. No, who directed it? Kevin Smith. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's why there's a Jason Muse is actually in the episode. I don't know if you do you is remember that really? Yeah, do you remember the scene where the guy comes out and the and uh that zombie metal zombie is destroying that car and the guy screams, Hey, that's my um, not, that's my mom's car or something yeah. like that. Well yeah, that, I I don't think I was paying too close attention. I'll have to watch that episode again. I recorded yeah. it and I watched it, but sometimes I am guilty of watching something while I'm doing something else. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I've got like split focus and I think that's what was happening there. <laughs> yeah. Well he said he, he, yeah, he gave Jason he it's funny, Kevin Smith was telling this story about how you know, he's only seen Jason Muse cry three times in his life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when his mother died, the birth of his child, and when he told him he's giving him a part on the Flash TV series because <laughs> because he's so, you know, he loves this, all of this, uh, the CW stuff that this, yeah. you know, and, and Arrow and all that. That's but, um, so awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to rewatch that episode. Yeah, it was a good episode, and that was the thing too. Kevin Smith said, "I took this seriously." He's like, "I, you weren't going to see Jay and Silent Bob like hanging it out at like you know, right, uh, the the coffee shop or something like that." Right. So that's funny. Well, I mean, I'm excited. I do. I liked the um, Flash and Supergirl crossover episode that they did. You know, I mean, I, I still haven't seen cool. that one. I'm, I'm, I have because I'm so behind on Supergirl. I, yeah. I, I think I'm like three episodes away from that. So I have yeah, to... I'm a little behind on Supergirl too, but only a couple episodes behind. I'm, I don't think I saw this week's, and maybe I didn't see last week's. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been really good. I don't, or actually, no, maybe I think, yeah, oh, that's why, because the season's over. Oh, <laughs> I, there am, you go. I, am, I am up to date. I <laughs> just already had a finale. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I liked it. I, I thought it was really cute. I, it is definitely, I think, for a younger audience, and I know that I'm kind of sitting in, but, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I think it's good. I think it's good to have a superhero that young girls can look up to and, and, and relate to. I mean, I loved the Wonder Woman TV show growing up. I loved the Supergirl movies growing up even though they were, you know, terrible in in their own ways. Yeah, yeah. I loved Charlie's Angels growing up. I mean, I loved all those action um, shows. You know, I was still watching Magnum P.I. and, you know, all the, the boy ones, <laughs> too. Remington yeah. Steel. Oh, my gosh. Remington Steel and MacGyver. You know, I loved all of those. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, now a lot of the TV shows that we have for girls are... I don't know, uh, women being catty or vindictive or mm. I, I, displaying qualities that I am not necessarily thrilled with instilling in, in the youth of, of today. You know? yeah, yeah. So it's really, really nice to see something like Supergirl that is all about truth and justice and honor and, you know, um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, be old fashioned, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I dig it. Yeah. 
No, I, I don't mind it at all. You know, it's it's that's why I you know they've introduced so many things on their side. I, um, it'll be exciting to mix it in with the CW dark world of you know mm-hmm. of everything. I see. I don't. I still have to f- watch Arrow. I really only watch Flash because uh, I don't. I haven't caught up with Arrow. I catch. Things Arrow is a roller coaster of good and bad. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's tough to even tell someone to watch it because I still watch it, and there's still a lot of things in it that I like. But it is you, you got to get through some stuff to get there. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like ooh. So you know, it has its ups and downs. I think Flash is much more consistent with its quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the people feel realer in Flash to me. I think we've we've talked yeah. about that before, but yeah, I, you know, I agree. But it's they feel a little. Uh, they don't feel as uh, plastic, but the yeah. the what about the, the spinoff show? See that one? That's one I never even got to watch the pilot. Legends of DC or mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow? Or yeah, have you whatever. watched that? Or you... I I did watch the pilot and I just didn't uh, care to go on past that. I don't know. I I have some people come in and say that it's good, you know, and and talk to me about it, but I I haven't yeah. really given it a chance. But, but I mean, gosh, there's so much TV. I'm I can't watch everything. Yeah, sometimes you got. Sometimes you just gotta let one go, and if it's really good enough, I'll just marathon it later. Because that's much easier for me to just marathon something than try and stick with it currently. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So maybe when it gets on Netflix for season one, I'll just sit through it all as I'm painting one day. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's just there's no there's not never enough time. I yeah. I, I squeeze things in here I'm and there. I'm so but... excited. Preacher's coming out uh, yeah, May 22nd. I know. Yeah. So that's one that I'm gonna be picking right back up. But now we've got. Game of Thrones again. I've got Penny Dreadful again, and I'm just like, oh my god. I gotta tell you, I I watch Game of Thrones. Schedule my social life around my TV habits. It's really bad. I, I have a I have a real problem with Game of Thrones. Is is somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. they always lose me. Where I wake up, and, you know, at some point, and I'm like, what did I just miss? Because because that happened this last episode. Then I had to rewatch it, and I I saw I missed all the stuff with what's her name. Um, uh, the she's blind now, and and she's being trained. Mm-hmm. I missed all of that stuff. And then, and I woke up right. Spoilers, right at the end when uh, every you know the they were hanging all the guys that that uh, mm-hmm. had attacked. What's his name? Um, <laughs> You're so good at this. I know. I'm horrible <laughs> at their names. I don't even know why so I even try. Um, but and then you know what's so funny? So that last scene, right when when they hung the when when what's what's his name? Kit Harrington's name. Um, John Snow. John Snow. Isn't that sad? I know his real name, but I can't think of his character name. Like, why is that? You know nothing, Rutted Caban. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You know nothing, John Snow. Um, but uh, uh, I kept thinking for some reason every time they were hanging him, and then he took his sword out, and then he cut the line right, and you saw them choking. I would fall asleep for a second, and then I'd wake up and I'd see the kid dead, and then I'm like, did he stab the kid? No. So, so then I rewound and listen, this gets crazier. I rewound it four times. And the same four thing times happened? I kept falling asleep during oh that my section. God. It was like you a two need second to section. It and watch it when you're more awake. Oh, yeah, oh my god. It was such a hard show to wait because I only have that time period when Xavier's asleep. So mm-hmm. it's like it, Yeah, you that's really like not even a show. I can't even like yeah. yeah, you know, I can't even watch it on my iPhone and with headphones and these around. Yeah. It's like But no. um yeah, that 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 show's work for me. I I like it, but it's Funny. it's real work. Cause I oh, even I, I even uh, uh, when they showed that scene that took place in the past, um, 
I knew something important was happening there. I just didn't understand why it was important. So I had to like, go oh my and gosh, read it. Yeah. I'm so excited to see. What do you think is happening in the tower with the screams? Yeah, that that's. I mean, essentially, you think he's he didn't. You think they they're killing. Uh, I have a blank on her name. What's the what's the the woman that Rob was supposed to marry Robert? Right. That was. Uh, you think that's yes. who's being killed. I can't remember her name now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What a, what a thorough Game of Thrones companion. Why watch the series? Just listen to us talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the audiobooks for it. Um, and then then uh, something uh, with wolves uh, happens. Something with wolves happens? Yeah. So, well, right. But, I mean, here's the thing. Like, the, and I'm sure you've heard about this, too. The big fan. Th- have you heard about R plus L equals J? No. What's that? Oh, okay. So Rhaegar Tar- Targaryen, who mm-hmm. is, you know, the silver-haired Daenerys's, you know, what, brother or cousin or whatever, um, the one who stole away, is it, uh, I can't remember, Ly- Lysandra or something. Yeah, Robert's, <laughs> Robert's wife was supposed to be right, Robert's wife. Right, right, yeah. right, right, who, who kind of stole her away. Mm-hmm. Well, the big fan theory is um, that he didn't steal her away, that she wanted to go. They kind of eloped together and left this mad war, you know, behind them, And but they were in love, and that um, they begat a child, and that child is possibly Jon Snow. Oh, okay. And then Ned Stark comes home with this baby, this bastard son, and raises him as his own. So then Ned Stark lied. Dead. He lied right. that that that's his that's actually right. his nephew. Now who though this is not canon from the books that has been revealed or anything like this. This is a fan theory. Mm-hmm. But that's why a lot of people are buzzing like, well what's happening in the tower? Is she being hurt or is she giving birth? Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sorry if that spoils anything, but I don't know. It, it's just a theory. Well, how would anyone know? He hasn't finished writing it, right? Exactly. <laughs> he might exactly. say, hmm, that's well, a good idea. <laughs> no, because the, the showrunners do know. Um, oh, okay, okay. Because he has talked to the showrunners about the ending and everything because he was so worried that something might happen to him before he really finishes the books. Yeah. So he wanted someone he could trust to know. You know, I, I, I feel bad for him because I, you know, I, I know what that's like. I, you know, I, I've, I've been struggling now with this, which, uh, Jack, you know, this movie, Metropolis, that I've been writing for the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. And it's, you ha- I, you know, I have it all in my head. You have all the characters in your head. You have the story in your head. But the problem is sometimes when you're writing it, you don't like the way the story's coming out. So mm-hmm. then you you stop and then you regroup and you try to rewrite it. So you know everything, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is mm-hmm. if someone said, hey, what happens here? I'm writing this. I could easily tell. I could pop my head in that window of, of the right. story and just tell them. But it's but it's not as easy because the worst thing you could yeah, do is to rush that, yeah. that story out. And then it's a very disappointing narrative, you know. Right. So right. I, I feel I feel bad that everyone gives him shit for taking so long <laughs> to oh, write no, the story. Yeah, I, I understand, too. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting, and this is something that I just heard somebody uh, uh, hypothesize you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or ponder, is that Brienne of Tarth might have some Targaryen blood in her. And what if Brienne and Jon are, are related? <laughs> because Brienne has that very, very stark uh, white hair that you only see from Targaryens, right? Yeah. Like, no one else in the whole series has that oh, hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. 
Hmm. Um, That's a fan theory, though, right? Again, That's... fan, fan. All of these okay. are fan theories. You know, like so. Who knows? Who knows what's right? And if, again, if we hit it on the head and we spoiled anything for anyone, we're sorry. But honestly, we're just talking about stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's what are you gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't take responsibility what, for that. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Like that. That's like my one friend who. Uh, <laughs> was watching Usual Suspects with, with his uh, mom, and before he saw the end, she's like, oh, is that, you think he's the murderer? I mean, he's the guy. He you know, had no idea about anything. You didn't understand what was happening, but just thought when they first showed Kevin Spacey, he's probably the bad guy, you know? <laughs> and <Yeah>. guess what? <laughs> she, does, she watches movies like most people watch Law and Orders. Oh, I recognize that face. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Killer. Yeah, he's the guy. Well, that I think, extra I think her... has been an extra in many things. I know there they've got a more important yeah, part they've, to play. Well, <laughs> her, her theory was sound, too, because I think she her reasoning was because they when they showed the one guy, he was limping. When they showed the first shot, the last shot of, of uh, Kaiser Sose, he's limping. Mm-hmm. First shot of Kevin Spacey. Oh, I'm sorry, opposite. Last shot of Kaiser Sose, he's walking. First shot of, of uh, what's his name? Uh, he's limping. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it seems like a very soap opery tool to do something like that, to throw you off from the murderer that, mm-hmm. oh, it can't be him. He's a limp, you know, he's limping, you know, it has to be somebody who walks normal. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a digression we just took that, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right, how do we get, yeah, from Game of Thrones, no less. Well, from Marvel. <laughs> yeah, from Marvel. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that's why it's called Smash Cuts. Uh, right. Okay. So tell me what other movies you've seen. Well, since I got last, last since the last recorded, I got to see Keanu. Oh, me too. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that was that was so much fun to see it's that. Adorable. <laughs> yeah. I love Kean Peel. I think they're so funny. Like I was really ready to be done with sketch comedy because I hadn't seen any that I liked for so long, and then their show came out, and I just fell in love with them. I think they're adorable, and they have great senses of humor. Yeah. And brilliant. they make comments about things that are relevant to my interests. They're obviously dorks, you know, yeah. in in the best possible sense of the word. And um, this film was was just a, a beautifully long episode of awesomeness with a kitty. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes, yeah, there are things that went on too long, but it's it, for mm-hmm. me, I want to see more movies with them. I mean, I yeah. I would love I, to see I a felt sketch. Like it was almost a growing experience for them, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I almost would like to see them do. I liked when they they played two other characters in this film, mm-hmm. and I almost would have. Liked like to see more of that. I love when Kids in the Hall did that for their mm-hmm. Brain Candy movie. Um, but uh, but that's for this first movie. That that's fine. But I, one of the things I always loved about the show is is just the, the some of the things that they would make fun of where you didn't even expect that to be funny if you heard the idea like um, mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker as a baby, like who would <laughs> you know, or as a toddler. Like the mm-hmm. idea of that doesn't even sound funny, but when you see him play Forrest Whitaker as a toddler and he's being, <laughs> he's like menacing, he's scary, you know, it's... <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I think the idea comes from them convincing each other it's funny because they're, I mean, I imagine that they're just hanging out, coming up with ideas of sketches in the writer's room, doing stuff on the fly that works and is making everyone else laugh. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you, that's how you see it. Like, it's just a stupid idea. And it's original, you know, because nobody else does think of something like that. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not rehashing the same thing over and over. And I think that's what's fun about the movie is because they, they go places with the 
movie that's just fun, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, and I love when you have cameos from famous people and you don't realize that they're playing themselves for a while there. Like, yes, yeah. you know, like, like that. And it's in this movie. That's such a great joke because I'm seeing her. I'm, you know, the the one actress who's in it, I'm seeing her as a character and I'm not really thinking much about it until they reveal that that's who, that's the actress, you know? Yeah, Anna, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris, yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that, and it just adds. Uh, yeah, you think that it. she's just some dopey, you know, Hollywood chick and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, that's really Anna Ferris playing yeah. herself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was funny. obviously a stylized version of herself. I'm sure she's not really like that, but. <laughs> and while that scene's happening, what the brilliant the other brilliant scene that's happening like that's that's the other thing is uh uh what's his name really stole the show um uh keenan uh not keenan um oh my god let's I why I can't remember their full names, but um, Keenan Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Yeah, Keenan Michael Key almost stole this movie for me. Like this was more his movie, I think, because he had a lot more to do in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But when he's in the car and he's basically oh. Oh. convincing them why George Michael is like you know tough guy music, you know, is brilliant. Love- Oh my God! Okay, so listen, J- uh, seriously, Jackie, baby Jackie moment. Okay, so <laughs> baby Jackie loved some George Michael so much oh, you funny. don't even know. Like <laughs> I, w- I had like this T-shirt. It was a black T-shirt with like the white contrast image of his face and his awesome like you know uh, earring with the cross, and it said George Michael. <laughs> and I used to wear it to my middle school all the time, and I would get so made fun of, and I'm like. I don't even care because George Michael is so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Love him so much. And I still like, I remember I was in high school and like a boy would come over and he'd be like, are you listening to George Michael? I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to George Michael. I mean, I felt just like that. You know, like, this is seriously. You listen to the Michaels? You listen to the Michaels too? (laughs) I'm like, this is my life. People, you don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, that was brilliant, that scene. I was dying when he was hallucinating himself into the Mm -hmm. video. I almost peed my pants. It was so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, I couldn't stop. Oh my god! It was so. And I was alone in the theater, of course, cracking up. But I'm just like, I don't care. And there were other couples like around, and I'm just like, I don't care. I see this movie by myself. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I know, right? Like, that's one of those things where people don't, you know, you could tell who's a fan and who's not. You know, yeah. people, somebody just wandered in to see and it. They and... just kept going back to it. Like I even just, I thought it was hilarious that he was singing it at the beginning of the movie. But yeah. he kept going back to George Michael all through the film, mm-hmm. and I just, it kept getting better and better. It was kind of that surprise. Like, I, I I felt the same kind of feeling when Ted kept coming back to Flash Gordon. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. this can't be happening. Yeah. This is my life. I love Flash Gordon so much. You know what I mean? It's so like, funny. You know what? But it was that same kind of like, oh, no one else loves this like I do. That's crazy. But it's it's great to find a niche thing like that because I, I felt that way with Ted. I was surprised how much they, they did the Flash Gordon thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I didn't know anyone else even like I mean, I felt like that with Tron. You know, back oh in, my God, it's like yeah. I didn't know anyone else like this. But yeah. but I, I what I relate to with that Key and Peel with that whole George Michael thing is, for, and I don't know why. Everyone has judged me for this, but for some weird reason, 
I was really into the music of Jack Wagner, (laughs) which is absolutely ridiculous because I I had his albums. I went to see him in concert. (laughs) It's the most most ridiculous person to be into, right? And I just, I just remember being at one of the concerts and I was, I would go with, uh, you know, the other girls in my, uh, in my uh, school who loved him because that was the only person, all the people who loved him. Um, (laughs) And and I'm singing along to one of his songs at the concert. And I just remember what woke me up from it was I, you know, there was some guy standing in the aisle who clearly must have brought his daughter. Looked at me like like a, you know, bug, like he needed to step on me at some point. Like I was going to. What is happening? What is going on with this guy? It was so hard. Let me tell you, like, especially when they're talking about like father figure and like these different songs with George Michael Mm -hmm. in the car. I was like mouthing it along and I'm like really trying not to sing, but I'm like, I want a full thing right now. <laughs> right now in the theater. I want a full thing with you. <laughs> oh, that was that, so that was funny. brilliant. All of that was brilliant. Oh my god, yeah, I was dying. Dying. It's so so good. So yeah, obviously I recommend you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if you like kitties and you like Key and Peel. Yeah, uh, I like the that movie. they uh, they even got Keanu Reeves at one point. <laughs> I know that was that was appropriate. So now appropriate. you saw you. I know you saw Jungle Book, right? What did you? Yes, Jungle Book was also phenomenal. More kitties. Um, Do you know the the move, the cartoon as well? Because I I even yeah. though I know it as a child. Ironically, this morning, uh, Xavier was watching it, and I kind of, I haven't seen it in years, so I feel I like I deleted a lot. Like, I didn't remember a lot, so yeah. I was wondering if you knew how close it was to that. What's funny is that I, what, what was funny about because I haven't seen it since I was young either, but as I was watching the movie, it kind of all came back, you know, oh, okay. um, because it was very similar. There were definite um, choices that they made to kind of keep the, the movie um, its own thing mm-hmm. but like for for instance the elephants didn't talk okay in the movie which i thought was kind of cool because they kind of almost had this regal you know essence yeah. to them and that kind of kept that intact and so um, even the baby one didn't talk either correct um and and that that relationship was a little bit different um so i mean there were some differences there there were a little bit differences with the the monkey like um king louis didn't have his entire song mm-hmm. until like in the credits or something like that you know what i mean okay. like but king louis um played by christopher walken actually kind of was more um mafioso ish you yeah. know okay. in in how he spoke and i thought that was really great ben kingsley as bagheera though my absolute favorite i always loved bagheera growing up of course yeah. black panther right mm-hmm. um so that was really cool i just alba i i just think is i just alba like he's great but i always feel like he he's kind of like the sean connery of things where if i see sean connery in something it's very hard for me to see him as anything yeah, yeah. else he's just sean connery is sean connery in sean connery the movie you yeah. know yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of am like that with Idris Elba right now, and I, I don't mean to be because I'm not saying he's. There's nothing wrong with him, but it's hard for me to. Like I always see his face, or I mm-hmm. always think of him. It's not a character; it's just him. But um, Shere Khan was beautiful. The the freaking visuals were just insane. Um, I did not see it in 3D. I just saw it in 2D, but it was gorgeous. I yeah, mean, I really want to see I'm, it. I, I, they, oh, the, uh, highly recommend. Now it is, so essentially, it's not a musical. They just have like the like right. this blue sing 
bare necessities right. yes. or not really? Kind of. It's like every, every it's like a musical in the, it's not a musical at all, but like like there's singing in it, you okay. know, it's or maybe like uh, Baloo kind of hummed a song for a little bit, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. It, it wasn't it wasn't as full blown as as the the cartoon. But the but the visual references because because the one thing I I noticed from the watching the cartoon today was you know Baloo's floating on the water right mm-hmm. after he sang the the Bare Necessity song, mm-hmm. and I remember from the trailer Baloo is on the water and oh, the Mowgli's yeah. on him. So visually it it looks like the cartoon. It's just yep. it's same n- thing with the um the snake um Ka. Yeah. Um, you know she's wound up Mowgli is just. Just as it's tied just up like in, in, yeah, just mm. in the same way, and her eyes do that kind of hypnotic, hypnotic thing, yeah. thing in in a much more subtle, you know, <laughs> a very cool way for for the effects to be doing it. But yeah, well, it definitely really, a different characterization too, because the the cartoon mm. is he's kind of dopey, you know, he's that typical. I could even see the actor who played him like he was a little mm. guy with glasses, bald, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I always think of him as the same snake that's in Robin Hood, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always imagine they were the same. I think it might even be the same actor, but. <laughs> yeah, probably is. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Scarlett Johansson did the voice for um, Ka in this, and and it was great. It was beautiful. Um, I dug it. Who's Gary Shanley playing then? Because uh, I heard he has a he had like kind of a role in this movie. Gary Shanling plays uh, what I want to say like a porcupine or something that just kind of goes around and is like mine, mine. This is mine. That's mine. This is my stick. Oh, so he's through the whole. Oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. So he's a little comic relief, but he's not very. He's not in a lot, you know. Yeah. Kind of. There's a couple. Uh, Sam Raimi also had credit for <laughs> being in there. I saw him in the voice credits at the end. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do want to see it. You know, I I, I want to see it in IMAX and. Uh, uh, the uh, I for, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Civil War. Um, Jen and I, you know, we always go try and see a Broadway show or something for our wedding anniversary. And our uh, five, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say the number because it's blanked on it. But our wedding anniversary is coming up. And uh, uh, we decided we want to see Civil War, but we're going to see it in something called 4DX. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, apparently we have a theater in the city that that essentially 4DX is, it's a... the the seats move the the smells of the theater are emitted <laughs> uh, if it rains it rains in the theater um someone i know went to see it this way and they were blown away by the fact that it was snowing in the theater during the snow sequence that's so cool yeah that sounds amazing and everybody shot the, the chair was moving like you felt like you were having a body shot happening yeah. to you that's amazing so i uh, so we're i'm very excited it's it's a little expensive it's like 30 bucks for the movie which mm-hmm. uh, but uh so but we're going to try and do that it's got to be that. expensive to do and maintain oh, so yeah, that makes sense exactly yeah. and it's playing at a theater where i had been at i haven't been in that theater since i went to go see a movie Movie, and as I was walking to the auditorium, there were some rats coming down the stairs. 
as if they were saying, yeah, we're done with it. We, we saw this. It's not that great, you know. Oh, my God. And so, and I remember seeing those two rats and then seeing a rat on the seat. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming into this theater. So, oh, my God. So they've renovated it, changed it. And I'm, I'm going to assume all the movement is probably going to keep the rats away from. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure that that's something they had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. my God. That's horrifying. Yeah, I well, hadn't been at the end in a while. Something that we should comment on about the 40X theaters and different things like that. I don't know if you heard um, whatever the convention is where all the, the movie industry people go to. Um, yeah. I guess the big thing was people are trying to sell a box um, like a movie box kind of mm-hmm. almost like a cable box uh, to people have that available and to say that in your living room if you pay 50 bucks you can watch a brand new movie that just released today you know um, so kind of like a pay-per-view event like the, the wrestling events or whatever they are but for brand new release movies and that they're wanting that to be a more mainstream way for people to go to movies since ticket sales are down and the theater companies of course some of them are excited about it and some of them are really upset about it because they want to continue to bring butts in seats. But that's just not the way technology is kind of going towards people just having more access at home for things. Um, So... Do you know the, what company is doing I, this? I, it's it's weeks and weeks ago that I read that, and so I forget the name. Um, but we can we can look it up afterwards. Um, but so it's kind of expensive because fifty bucks to watch a movie at home, uh, yeah. depending on your setup, is pretty expensive. But if you wanted to have your family over, if you've got a big family, if you've got you know different things going on, I mean it it does seem interesting to look at it because there's plenty of times where I'm just like, man, I just don't want to fight the crowds on a Saturday night. Yeah, and I would yeah, really yeah. love to see that new movie. And if you're in a financial situation where you're able to do that, then how cool is that? How cool would that be to have a legitimate movie night in your house for whatever is in the theaters that week? No, they just um, give you the black box and you have to connect it to whatever because here's here's why i'm asking these questions so a couple of years ago i i for for the job that i do i had to attend this uh a meeting where you see products and one of them was for for different countries at the time essentially it was what you described it was a box Mm -hmm. but what was different about this box something like this was already available to like the super rich or like industry people but they, they were this was big for going to like small almost like on the road villages in like Malaysia mm-hmm. or, or oh, places like okay. that and okay. the reason they were doing this was to cut down on the pirating but also what what it, it what the black box included was also a mobile movie theater mm-hmm. and the mobile movie theater would like pull up to like a, a small little uh, village and essentially would have movie theater seats inside could fit like I think it was like 20 people wow and essentially there was no way to copy the movie because it was just the black box you mm-hmm. turn the key and you hit the red button and then the movie would start that's amazing so I'm just wondering if that technology finally made it you know now they just said well we're not going to sell them in the I'm movie theater and, yeah. they all, and the, other, the other funny part about it too was it also had a mini concession stand I mean really small where it yeah. had a popcorn maker built into the structure so that so you can make popcorn <laughs> so that's so amazing that's so cool yeah that was but a pretty yeah. cool presentation so they're they're talking about it and of course again some people are really excited about it because they they think that this is the way that it's going to be forced to anyway you know in the long mm-hmm. run but 
a lot of the movie theater companies are really upset about it and don't want it to be allowed because, you know, they think that they're going to go out of business, you know. Yeah. But the the compromise there is trying to elevate the experience in theaters to make it worthwhile for people to keep going. Because right now people are saying things about how, you know, movie tickets or prices are going up or, or, or money, uh, box office money is going up, like in how much pe- money people are making. But in reality, attendance is down, but ticket sales are up. T- ticket prices are up. Yeah. So it's like people are making more money, but less people are actually going to the theater. So theaters are really going to have to invest in like the RPX experience, the 4DX experience, anything else that they can think of to make it a memorable and um, almost like an event, you know, some reason for you to go to an elevated experience instead of just pirating or yeah. you know going towards this, this black box um kind of technology. I mean, they also made it it, like the theaters all around me, like they, they all turned them into Barker lounges. Like there's all of the seats recline. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've had that. That's what people are trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's some around here like that. And there's lots that are like, um, we have like a fork and screen where it's like you can eat, yeah, eat and have drinks or cocktails and which I mean, those are great. I mean, some of those, Mm -hmm. like the cinema suite ones uh, for the Mm -hmm. fork and screens are, are amazing because the sound's great. You know, besides the fact that you have a waiter kind of coming in and out. I mean, it, but besides that, that's minimal. Yeah, that's yeah, minimal. it sounds loud enough and and mm-hmm. it's comfortable. So yeah, I love those things. The and and uh, the fact that you know on the the same night of Civil War, I literally was running late, got to the theater about five minutes before it's supposed to start, and was able to just sit in my assigned seat without having yeah. to worry about it. That's like, really nice. That's you know to me that's they've come a long way with trying to make the movie experience a better experience so yeah i appreciate all that work i i think i don't know if gimmicks will be the way because i think the problem is is with the gimmicks like with like how people saw 3d avatar brought a lot of people in for 3d but then if a movie doesn't match up to the gimmick then it's oh i'm not why am i going to pay for that forgettable yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. because that's one thing i read about you know when they opened this 4dx theater the first movie they opened it with was in because it's it's big everywhere except in america and then new york was the first place that has it now i think there's one in new york illinois and uh uh uh, los angeles are the three theaters Mm -hmm. there's two theaters in new york so uh when they opened it batman and superman was the first movie and everybody hated you know to make the movie worse everybody hated the experience because they felt (laughs) like it didn't work at all it wasn't timed (laughs) like nothing and so the one review i did read on on this one is that civil war really matched the 4dx experience it's almost like Mm -hmm. it was made to be seen that way so i think that's the that's the problem is that is that you have to make sure you know the gimmick matches whatever because i think jungle book was shown that way i haven't heard much about you know how that worked out um in the next movie they're going to show like that is x-men so that's why we're we're going to see uh Mm. civil war this week um but uh because i think x-men opens up next week so so they are starting to do that but um it'll be a long but it's a lot it's a big investment for movie theaters Mm -hmm. to do i mean it's a lot i mean you're talking about you know putting in senses and i mean you've got smells and can but when i saw the the behind the scenes video i'm like someone replaced that canister with some poison gas and we're you know stupidly (laughs) (laughs) this is how people get in trouble 
I know, I know. That's that's. But uh, yeah. But I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited to see what it's gonna be. Yeah, so. that's cool, man. So now um, you said you saw another movie. Um, I did. I went and saw. Um, well, I don't know. I don't, did I talk about the witch when I well last time we recorded? Have I talked to you about that one? No, I don't think so. Well, I finally got to see The Witch. I know that's been out for a little while, but I hadn't I hadn't seen it yet. I'm kind of in my little horror movie <laughs> mood. So um, that Which one is actually, The Witch? I don't think I know what that one is. The Witch is this family. It's a mother, father, um, maybe like a, a teenage girl, and then two little kids, a little boy and a little girl, all kind of are in their, like, pilgrimy type, you know, <laughs> mm. um, type garb, get kind of excommunicated from whatever village that they're living in and have to go and live in the woods on this farm and um, all these strange things keep happening. The wife has another baby, a a brand new baby and um, it disappears and then you kind of see a witch in the wood like do very bad things mm-hmm. and and then all these other things keep happening like the crops won't grow and things are weird and things are disappearing and I mean it's all it's all very interesting mm-hmm. um, having the family kind of turn on each other and blame you know one of the, the the young teenage girl for everything that's going on but you know it's it's very dark and it's a very slow burn Mm -hmm. um but for anybody who's into kind of dark horror movies that are a little suspenseful i i would recommend it um i think that there's two ways to view the end and i don't want to spoil the the very end of it for anybody who might want to see it but one way to view the end is maybe a character getting to become who they were meant to be another way to view the ending is i think maybe damaging to the female sex you know oh, and, and kind of well just kind of like um embracing an, a very old uh stereotype you know of, yeah. of witches and women are evil well, you, and you don't like mean that. so I mean, you don't mean there's two endings you mean there's two no, ways no, 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 to no. perceive think, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah 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 it's two different ways that you can take the ending yeah and, yeah and so i was kind of on the way where i'm like oh man this is you know we're going back to like salem witch trial type stuff where women are inherently evil and i don't know that i and that i like that but right. But on the other hand, I had a a friend who watched it and was like, "No, I felt like you know this is this was someone becoming who they they wanted to be and finally breaking free." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's an interesting conversation to have after you have after you see this film. See what what side of the fence you fall on, you know? Um, Because I I can see where where people would take it both ways. But it was really interesting. It was really dark, and there's some." troubling imagery in in there for anybody who has triggers but <laughs> um but yeah it's definitely definitely worth a watch um i also we rented the boy last night which was 
uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead. Yeah, I have heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, she goes and who into... Is, it's not just her, it's somebody who's playing the... Somebody else who's famous in it, too, right? I'm sure there is, but <laughs> that's the one that I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she kind of goes to take care of, you know, a young man. Come to find out, this young man is actually a doll mm-hmm. and is a doll who was made in the likeness of uh, a boy who passed away like 15, 20 years ago, but has been, you know, his his parents have been treating him just like a, a living boy and, and a breathing boy. And they go on holiday and leave her alone in this house uh-huh. with the boy and all, all the rules of how to treat him and what to do. And it's, things keep disappearing, things yeah. keep happening. It's very spooky. And I liked it. Yeah, I liked, I liked that one too. Um, um, uh, it, is that it, one on Netflix or is it? Uh, it is on Amazon, Amazon okay. for rent, available for rent. Huh. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought that was good too. I it was Friday the Thirteenth, you know, I and mean, we had to watch a spooky movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I, you know, it's funny. I think it was uh, Keanu. There was a lot of horror movies, which was kind of weird. A lot of horror trailers. But one of the ones I thought was interesting was the one with. Uh, I guess it's a second movie with the couple who are always investigating. Oh, yeah, The Conjuring 2. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I really liked The Conjuring. Was it a good... Okay, that's what I was going to ask you, because I didn't see the first one, but is it... These are true stories, or are these just... Mm So they are oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. They yeah, they're very famous um I don't want to say witch hunters, but like supernatural investigators. There we go. Um they're very famous uh established investigators and um that's why I I love horror movies that have some sort of semblance of truth to them, right? Um that makes it all the more spooky. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I absolutely love the conjuring and I love horror movies, but it's kind of hard to to do them well. And I think that was one of the newest ones that I really wholeheartedly was like, man, that's a good job. That was a scary movie. I enjoyed it. It made me want to know more about them and more about what they did. Um, There was another film that came out, Annabelle, which was based on um, another haunted doll (laughs) that, that is a legitimate one of the dolls that they had dealt with so it was kind of a it was it had a connection to the conjuring even though it wasn't the main you know thing but you kind yeah. of saw that doll and it kind of made you want to know more and then they did a whole side movie of just it and that was really good um not as good as the conjuring but still you know creepy and um yeah so the conjuring 2 is coming out i love it and it's got uh, norma bates from bates motel plays the the female investigator who's uh, kind of got a little bit of the sight herself. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I wish I could see that. I, I'm too much of a chicken. You know, ever yeah, since we got a stick when a chicken, I moved into a, yeah, when <laughs> we moved to a house with a staircase, then that was it. I can't watch horror movies anymore. Oh. <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, I understand, man. Yeah, that was that was creepy as hell. You know what I'm excited about though? Oh my gosh, The Ring versus The Grudge. What? That's that's being made. <laughs> yes, but it's. Made, being made in, in Japan. You know, it's, not, yeah, it's yeah. not an American version. So I've seen the trailer. It looks insane. Oh, I got to see it. I haven't not, seen the trailer. I got to find it. The trailer's not subtitled or anything, but just the imagery. You're just like, what is happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so awesome. I'm really excited. That's pretty funny. That's a funny, funny idea, even though that was like a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's like their version of Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. How funny. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, 
<laughs> tons of fun, tons of fun. Yeah, but, I'm gonna um, have to seek out that trailer. I'm, I, you know, the the big thing was they, uh, for foreign trailers, uh, was the Godzilla trailer that came out for. Um, oh yeah. That's uh, yeah, the newest Godzilla movie looks looks amazing. Don't know what's happening because it's not in English, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, as as a as a Godzilla fan from like the '90s, because that was my Godzilla mm-hmm. time when they were making the Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and Biollante oh, yeah. and Mechagodzilla. Oh, yeah. Like when they would, when they did those remakes, you know, in Mothra, those were my favorite ones. Like even the look. Saturday of them. mornings, or was it Sunday morning? I think it was Saturday morning. One of the weekend mornings on Sci-Fi Channel used to be every. Uh, weekend, they would play a monster movie like a Godzilla movie, yeah. and then a Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie. And those were, that was my weekend growing up. You know, we would watch the monster movie and MST3K. Uh. And that kind of shaped our uh, <laughs> our childhood. <laughs> yeah. And what's great, too, is if you, you know, Hulu just, I, I got, I, I did a subscription to Hulu and somehow we kept it for, uh, uh, because we wanted to see 66. Um, 66, sorry, 63, Uh, the James Franco, Stephen King thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was really good. But um, oh, cool. yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, they are actually they actually have riff tracks on there, and I oh, cool. and it's the live events that they show in the theater. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so they actually have some of those episodes. Yeah, they had one um, the same night that Civil War opened. So I, yeah. I would have gone to it, but I'm like, nope, I gotta go see Civil War. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. One time I'm not gonna be able to make it. I know. Yeah, because that's a good, good, yeah. I'm sure it was just them. I I no, I made the joke. It was just the microphones because even they want to go see Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they you know which one I was watching uh the other night was uh I saw it when MS uh, when it was a uh, MS3 oh my god Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm-hmm. uh version of Han, uh, Ma- uh Manos the Hands of Fate Manos yep. the Hands of Fate Oh yeah. my god that I love that episode but then That's watching so it again uh, they just they have it on Hulu the live version mm-hmm. riff tracks mm-hmm. Oh my god it's hysterical Yeah I went to the theater for that one uh, it was it was so good and um I just read an article recently, actually, about um, the little girl um, who who played the little girl in that movie has grown up now and actually does. Uh, when they finally did that, like the riff tracks or the the um, maybe it was on the Sci-Fi Channel one, she had been trying to get a hold of a copy of that movie for years and nobody could do it. Like she oh wrote the sci-fi channel or called them trying to get just a copy. They were, she was so thrilled to be seen it. Cause all that stuff, like the guy, the Manos, you know, the, the mm-hmm. guy with the hands, like all that stuff. That was her dad in real life. I oh mean, my God. Really? Nobody got paid for any of that. This was all just kind of something that, um, somebody made, whoever made it. And I don't, I don't know his name, forgive me, but, um, basically, made a bet on a bar napkin with somebody about like I could make a movie that's not hard you know what I mean and that night in the bar wrote out the script you know wrote out the, the sketch of it and just started um he guess he was a very charismatic guy went around the town got people to invest money in it and just started they started filming and wow. just everything was like yeah we got it we we get it in post everything's fine you yeah know? yeah and i mean it was one of those things that everybody kind of thought was so um fun to be a part of and they could tell that it was 
really not good. Oh my you gosh. know, yeah, but that I mean, they movie just kept being like, so go go go. It's so bad had, that it's good. Ugh. They had though at the um, city that it was released in, because so many people had even invested money. He had a huge release event, like red carpet event for oh it, my God. where everybody got dressed up. They had spotlights. They had everything, and they all sat down to watch the theater with the whole town, and it went bad so oh, fast. I'm sure, yeah. That they kind of like bolted as soon as they could after the movie was over, and nobody ever really talked about it again for a really, really, really wow. long time. And actually, the guy who played the helper, the the, the hunchback name. guy, yeah, he ended up he ended up. Uh, committing suicide <laughs> because of that um, movie? Not um. necessarily because of that movie, but he they really was kind of heartbroken that that wasn't going to be the big break that he oh thought it was going to be. Oh yeah, so I mean, everybody kind it kind of like ruined a lot of lives wow. for a little while. But now it's something that they really kind of like that. Like I told you, the little girl kind of reached out, and it's something that's kind of brought her and her father closer together. They love that people are getting a kick out of it. Yeah. But I mean, all that stuff. The costuming and stuff her mom made the costuming because it does seem very it, it's badly lit first of all oh, but, yeah. but it does seem very like the costumes you're right it, it, there did seem to be some money there because there were mm-hmm. my favorite part though has to be when he raises when he's going to raise the brides mm-hmm. and then the next shot they cut to is he's sitting there <laughs> and he just looks like, why did I do this? And that's the joke that they make because, yeah. and then all of the brides are just like, bah, 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 bah. they're all just talking like, mm-hmm. like kind of like a sewing circle, and they just yeah. seem so annoying. And it's so, like, I don't know what his thinking was because that wasn't obviously supposed to be a comedy, but yeah. that was the funniest. Oh, so even if they never know, added anything to the comment, that was the funniest the guy, visual. The guy who wrote it and directed it and and wrote it on a napkin, the guy who made this bet, um, is the one who played the dad in the... Uh, Are you kidding? No, I'm... that's him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's him. And then the Manos was actually the father of the little girl, and, and the wife is his wife. So it was kind of like their family plus this random guy yeah 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 like doing this but most of everything was from their house and he looks like peter sellers to me in a weird way yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but yeah it was it was just so crazy to read about that but like i said i mean luckily it's it's kind of funny how it kind of brings people joy and like she goes and does signings and stuff now sometimes he does too and i'm like oh that's kind of cool like i'm so sorry that that kind of ruined so much of your childhood, but I'm really glad that you're able to use it as a fun thing now, you know? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I could see it. It's so easy for stuff like that to happen because people, like, there was one movie, I think it was called From Driftwood to Deadwood. Mm-hmm. It took 10 years for this movie to get made. And essentially, and it was a, you know, it, it, it was fine. It was not anything thrilling. But every year, these people would have to come back to this town to keep filming mm. because they didn't have enough money. They'd run out of money, then they come oh, back, wow. and they run out of money, come back. And I could see how that that, that can happen, like how you, you're trying to do your best, but then, you know, you're making a movie, you've got no, uh, you know, you, it's ten year, three years between the last time you shot. You're like, how, how is the continuity supposed to work? You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, this one I think they made just like over a summer or something, and she even said, she's like, the guy made a bet to make a movie, but they didn't make a bet to make a good movie. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah he won the bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was so funny. They even said the dog was their dog, you know? <laughs> Kind of oh my god! Family and 
kind of put it over there. I don't know. It was just, yeah. Yeah, that's anyone who can seek out that. There's an MS, uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3001 that's available on video, or it was. I don't know if it's disappeared. And then now there's also. Available on video. Yeah, available on video. <laughs> on my website. And on I VHS. Play that, yeah, yeah, yeah and VHS Betamax. and Betamax. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, probably. And then, uh, uh, then now, yeah, on Hulu they have it. So yeah, that's good stuff. Seek it out. I would definitely recommend. I mean, yeah, I mean, any of those are so great. But yeah, Manos is is something else. Now, now here's the thing. What so what's next now? Because I, I felt like again this happened to me last year. Mm-hmm. I felt like I got excited for Civil War. I mean, uh, for a movie last year, and then it mm-hmm. was done. And then I felt like, well, that's it. Summer's over. Like I kind of feel the same <laughs> way now with Civil War. Like what's what's left? Like I don't well, even. Well, the the next thing that people are getting excited about here are um, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And um, now this is not for me, but um, Alice in Wonderland is yeah. the other not excited thing, about that. Man, I hated that first one <laughs> yeah, so me too. much. I saw it for free and wanted my money back. Yeah. I was like, ugh, I hate no, I you. Know. That was so. such a waste of time, that first one. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm not interested in this one at all, even though Every time I see scenes, there are, you know, I know it's a different director and there are different visuals. Like I saw that big, there's a Humpty Dumpty character in it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it looked kind of interesting. But, um, and then I just heard some not so great things about the new X-Men, which is a shame coming off the heels of Civil War that, because it's going to get comparisons. There's no if fans are part about it. So there's a lot of people feeling like this one's a misstep a little bit. Um, I'm hoping that just, it's wrong, but apparently, it, I don't know, it opens somewhere already where there's a lot of reviews out, so um, you can seek them out on Rotten Tomatoes, unfortunately. But I'm hoping it's better than that, so we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard bad things about it, like people saying they were really excited about Brian Singer coming back to the franchise, yeah. and then after seeing the film, they're like, oh, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah. And saying even <laughs> that Apocalypse is... Because I thought Apocalypse seemed a little I thought that I didn't think that was a great way to go to be honest with you I I, I wasn't well, I think a big they just fan to do something different you know Yeah and it's you know it was it wasn't thrilling reading it so that's why I didn't think it would be that great as a movie and a you know, very one-dimensional character to begin with so but well, I'm still I still want to see it I mean my my thing with this is I absolutely loved um the backstory with Warren Worthington mm-hmm. and, you know, as Angel um, and the Four Horsemen of the apoc- Apocalypse. And, I mean, I loved his character so much and what he went through and how it changed him. Um, it's kind of tough to lose that. Yeah. But, I don't know, we'll see what happens. I love Psylocke. I mean, I don't know that it looks super good, but I'm still excited. You know? Yeah, like, I still want to see it. But I'm just really excited about Preacher. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, Preacher, and then I, I think the next thing I'm really excited about is the Rogue Rogue Squadron. You know the Rogue uh, One, Rogue One, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Where did I get that from? Rogue One. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. That looks. <laughs> oh, and then I I saw a little. I haven't seen the whole thing, but the movie is great so far. Hail Hail Caesar. Um, oh, is it Coen good? Brothers. Yeah. It looks funny. 
But uh, it's interesting now watching it, and the the kid was cast as uh, Han Solo. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, really? That's that guy? It's that. Yeah, he's in the movie. Okay. So well, he, that's good. I'll be happy to see him in something because I don't really know him. Yeah, I, I, I can see it a little bit. He's not exactly... I mean, if someone was looking for a straight-on impression, I think it's going to be more like the way Star Trek... Uh, the new, What's his name? It was Captain Kirk. Uh, right. I, I, whose name I just blanked on. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, Chris Pine. Chris yeah, Pine. <laughs> Chris Pine. People are going to start a drinking game. Uh, every time I say <laughs> whose name I just blanked on, they're going to be bombed by the end of the uh, podcast. <laughs> so, but anyway, oh, I think for now... Uh, I'm sure there'll be more for us to talk about soon, but uh, I guess X Men's the next movie. But I'll, I'll, uh, we'll definitely reconvene after I've seen my 4DX experience of Civil War, which I can't wait. You know, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited to hear how it goes. Anyway, uh, all right. Well, then it was good talking to you, and um, we will talk soon. All right, adios. <laughs>